Hi, this is Randall Dobbins with Business Partner Blueprint, where we provide strategic alliance training to help you quickly grow your business. And I'm welcoming you back to another episode of the Blueprint Pros podcast, where we discuss how to land big corporate contracts. And today, I'm so wonderful, I can't stand myself. Thank you for staying with us. This is episode five of our nine-part series on the pathway to your success. This series is geared towards helping you to discover how to build a legacy business that gives back. We've talked about a whole host of topics regarding working with the biggest companies in the world. And the series has talked about uh, corporate contracts versus corporate, uh, government contracts. Uh, we've talked about legacy business growth and what does that mean. We've talked about what do big companies buy. Uh, we're, we've, we've also said in this series we're going to cover how uh, why the time is now for small business owners to, to get in this game. We're going to talk about financing your small business so that you can play in this market. And we uh, said we were going to talk with you about the mindset for success to really and truly compete and be good at this game and be able to stay on the top. And so today's topic, uh, part five, is the mindset for winning. Understanding the corporate customer's challenges and how you help. What's your role? Part five, the corporate opportunity, mindset for winning, understanding the corporate customer's challenges and how you help. And I want to start off with a story. My story in this case is very simple. The story is stop the insanity. Let me repeat. Stop the insanity. I don't know who it was that said it. Uh, I probably should have looked it up. But the, the quote that... Uh, the definition of insanity is doing what you've always done and expecting a different result. You know, keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Or colloquially, as it goes, if you keep doing what you've always done, then you're going to get what you already got. <laughs> And so that gets rather fascinating because when you really and truly start peeling the onion on that particular phrase for large corporations, it's probably easier said than done. Large corporations have built systems and processes that allow them to do what we call manage by exception. And all of us have kind of experienced this, which is, you know, we've called into a customer service group and they've got a standard script. As a matter of fact, they've gone with um, IVR, interactive voice recordings, so that it's so hard to talk to a real person. You have to you have to work your way through, you know, press one if you want this in Espanol. Um, press number two if you would like to know your your the current amount due on your bill. Uh, number press three if you'd like to change your payment information. And so, all of that is a result of companies having automated a whole host of systems and processes so that 
when you actually talk to someone, the expectation is that you are calling them about something that uh, requires somebody else's, somebody's attention or what we call managing by exception, that somehow the regular processes and systems weren't set up to address this issue. And that's a great way to run your business. We all should have a good portion of our business doing uh, with, with that kind of feature, those kind of systems in place so that when we get our reports that tell us what's going on in the business, uh, things should work exactly the way we expect them to work. Therefore, when we see an exception on, in the, uh, on the report, then we know what the problems are that we, we need to work on, the areas where we need to have uh, that are most impact that potentially are costing us a, a sale or costing us revenue or costing us profit. Now, clearly, in that situation, we can always optimize a process, optimize a system, and that's where a lot of large corporations are, where they're, they look at an entire system and try and optimize it. But when you've gotten so good at the game and you trust your systems and processes, everybody eventually catches up with you. And so now through no effort of your own you find yourself behind and it turns out it isn't so much doing what you've always done is getting you what you've always got and it isn't so much that uh, the definition of insanity is doing the exact same thing and, and expecting a different outcome the issue here is the competition is leaving you behind and you can no longer afford to keep doing what you've always done. <laughs> Getting the same result is not good enough. You have to stop the insanity. And in this case, it's a good thing. Stopping the insanity means that you have to inject some innovation. All right. And you definitely have to adopt innovation primarily because if you stand still, your competitors are going to leave you in the dust. They're going to leave you behind. Now, you as a small business owner know, know this because every day you are looking at ways to optimize your business. You're looking at ways to figure out how to lower your costs. You're looking at new technologies that you can deploy that helps you to bring a higher level of customer service allows you to get uh, more more work done at lower internal cost. Uh, you're looking at new things that you can take advantage of to make you more pr productive. So you know your everyday life is picking between uh, just a a whole host of things in the marketplace and trying to figure out which one is going to make you more nimble, more agile, make you more productive in the marketplace, allow you to uh, maintain your customers and um, outmaneuver your competitors. It's just something you do every day without even thinking about it. And that turns out is the exact same need that the Fortune 500 have. It used to be, we, we used to have this phrase, in the old days, it was the big that beat the, beat the, beat the small, but now, nowadays, in 2019, in, in, in this current time period, it's the fast that beats the slow. However, speed is not an excuse for poor performance, bad execution, or sloppy work.
So you got to do it quick and you got to do it right. And so the problem that large companies have run into is that when they start talking to some of the bigger companies that are also in the Fortune 500, well, they, they have systems that are pretty much geared along the same lines and they have the same problems uh, with proven systems and processes that make them a little slow to come on board. And then this whole notion of prudent risk uh, that they get into where their risk profile is almost to the point where they, they do nothing. And so, you, you know, they end up talking to people that are echoing their same concerns and getting nowhere. And so guess what? You'll never believe this. What they have discovered is that small businesses and really small, diverse businesses have been a huge source of innovation for them. If they knew that they could get small businesses that were ready to do business, and we're going to talk about that a little later because that issue of being ready to do business is the Achilles heel for you and small businesses like yours. We think we're ready to do this. You may think you're ready for this, these type of contracts, but the reality is that uh, from a corporate buyer's perspective, uh, you may not be. I, I know when, when, when I went up with them the first time around, I wasn't ready and I came from that background. And I understand I should have known better, but I didn't. So, you know, hey, I've been to the school of hard knocks, but they really and truly understand that small business owners are the ones that are driving the, the innovation that they desperately need to inject. And so now the big thing is how do they manage the risk of working with small businesses? That's really and truly What's going on with them? <coughs> Sorry about that. How do they manage the risk of working with small businesses? So now, I want you to make sure you actually zero in on their challenges. Because it's one of those where you've probably heard this before. I don't care about you until you first demonstrate that you care about me. Now that might be grossly overstated. It, it, I, I could probably be a bit more gentler about it. It's hard for me to care about you, with you when you don't first demonstrate you care about me. <laughs> that, that, that may be a bit more apropos. But I want you to think about that. It's like imagine, and this happens so frequently, I remember when I was, uh, when I would go to trade shows and whatnot and folks would come up to me and they would start launching into what they sell and this that, and the other and so forth and so on and they would do it without even trying to understand whether or not it was something that I needed it was something that was a, a pain in my organization uh, where it was a problem we hadn't solved I mean it was one of those things where they made it clear that it was so important that I understood what it was they could do and it was less important for them to understand what it was that I needed and, 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 and the problem that they potentially could solve for me. And I found that the, that primarily resulted from most people not having done their homework. They may not have known that I was in the middle 
of a, a merger. They may not have known I was in the middle of an acquisition. They may not have known that uh, we had just lost market share and become fourth or fifth uh, relative to our competitors. They may not have known that we had just announced uh, because our stock price had declined that we were going to lay off, you know, a thousand people. They may not have known that um, a global competitor just actually stepped into our market, bought up one of our competitors, changed the business model, and began to reorient our entire go-to-market strategy. They may not have known that we had some environmental issues in one of our plants and we were facing a huge fine or legal challenge or dealing with the Justice Department on an antitrust case. Uh, or they may not have known that we uh, had just uh, successfully negotiated with the local local government and we're trying to figure out how to actually establish a bigger presence in the in the in the local market. And so I share with you all of those different examples, because you can take those uh, few that I just rattled right off the top and you can add 10, 20, 100 more to those. And now you begin to understand the reality of what it is that these corporations are are dealing with, in which case what their challenges are. And once you know that then you have a leg up, you have a competitive advantage, you have uh, a better idea of how to make sure when you talk about what you do, it addresses something that's a priority for them. And you can separate yourself from the people that didn't do their homework, that didn't go to find out what's going on with them, and just launch into what the big company can do for them without consideration for uh, what problem or challenge their solution offers to the big company. And I can't stress it enough how important this is. A friend of mine told me his approach to trade shows was to pick about three, four, or five companies that he wanted to target. He could do his homework. He knew how uh, what their challenges were. He knew what to, what to, how to approach people at the trade show booth uh, in terms of finding out whether or not he was talking to the right people, with whom he should follow up, and how should he actually help them to address what clearly was an issue for their business. And I said, you know what, that's the smartest thing. The worst thing you can do, and people disagree on this, but the worst thing I think you can do is go up and down the aisles of a trade show and try and give your card to as many people as you can, hoping that somebody's going to call you back. It may happen. So, you know, if, if that's your strategy, then, you know, that could happen. But I can tell you right now, uh, you, you know, it's almost like the resume game. I don't know if uh, you all re remember this, but the resume game was if you were sending out resumes cold, uh, it took 100 resumes to get an interview. It took uh, five interviews to get a job offer. So if you were trying to get a job offer, you had to send out 500 resumes. Wow. <laughs> now, now that we have LinkedIn and social uh social uh, networking and all those other kinds of things you probably are one or two degrees of separation from the person that you need to talk to i think the metric is you're not more than three degrees of separation from somebody you need to meet in which case you can actually send your resume directly to somebody so rather than send 500 you might be able to send 10 or 20 which is a huge difference in effort and cost 
as well if you know precisely who you're sending the interview to you know how to change it so that it meets what they're looking for right you can take out the stuff that you don't need in there in case you're sending a a, a blanket resume out to 500 different people well it's kind of the same idea here if you have a good idea, you've done your homework, you know what the company's challenges are, you know if they're looking to expand in a different area, you know how they what, what value they're looking for, if you know the cost pressures that they're under, then there's a good chance when you share with them what you do, you can make it meaningful for them where they're like, hey, we need to bring you in and talk further. That's a high priority for us right now. And the way you talked about it, this there may be something for us to do and, and figure out if we can work together and solve this. And it's just that simple. So the mindset that you need to have is how do you go about understanding the corporate customer's challenges? That's your mindset for winning. Understand their challenges. You know, imagine if you went to the doctor and um, before the before you told the doctor what's wrong, he says, here, take this pill and uh, thanks for coming in. And you would go, what? <laughs> Don't you want to know why I came in? He goes, oh, oh OK. All right. Well, if, 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 if you really feel the need to tell me. <laughs> but but hey, I'm a doctor and uh, I, I know what I'm doing and I just need to give you a pill and, and let's move on. <laughs> and like, no, you wouldn't appreciate that at all. But that really and truly is the scenario that a number of folks find themselves in where they come in and they start talking about what they do without understanding the corporate customer's challenge. And they all don't have the exact same challenge, just just so you know. But I wanted to share that with you to uh, help them to stop the insanity. They're looking for us because they've decided to stop the insanity. They've decided that they want innovation. They know they can get it from um, us small business owners, especially us diverse small business owners who have different life experiences, who innovate out of necessity, who see the world differently. And uh, we come up with different ways to approach most every situation. And they want us helping them to move their business to the next level. So there you go. That's your mindset for winning. Um, just make sure you understand their challenges. So I want you to stay tuned for uh, part six, um, the corporate opportunity. And we're going to spend some more time talking about the demand for innovation and the role of small business. We're going to drill down on that a little bit more than we did just now. And so uh, please, by all means, go to www.blueprintpros.com and get on our email list and stay up to date on new episodes and other exciting news. Or again, leave me a message. Let me know what you're thinking. And if there are other topics you want me to cover, who knows, I may feature your comment on an upcoming episode or I may actually invite you to come on and we can have a dialogue and exchange some ideas uh, specific to your business. And please Share our podcast with your friends and colleagues as well. Stay tuned. We do have a special surprise coming up in the next few episodes. So keep listening. This is Randall Dobbins, and I'll see you on the other side.